What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Lunch Pail Sports College Football Show. I'm your host, Jacob Klumker. Here to a little delayed recap of the national title game. I be honest with you, I recorded or I thought I recorded an instant reaction podcast on Monday night. I just wanted to get my thoughts out there. I recorded, I did about a half an hour of rambling to realize that when I came back to stop the recording, it had recorded one second and stopped because my internet went out. So that was cool. But to be honest, after I recorded, I didn't feel great about it. My thoughts and feelings on this game have changed and over over the last couple of days. I needed some time to stew on it. I I get the idea of instant reaction shows and uh, they can be fun for sure. I mean, it's fresh on the mind, everything like that. But sometimes we emotionally react to things rather than rationally react to things. And on Monday night, I was emotionally reacting. My initial thoughts, I was bothered. I, I I really was. I was upset. I was pissed off that the game sucked so bad. I went on a pretty good rant, to be honest. And I and I've been able to regroup a little bit and think through what we just saw and what it means for college football going forward. My initial thoughts, and I still feel this way after you know mulling it over for a couple of days, is. NIL and a 12-team playoff are going to do wonders for this sport. I still think even with the 12-team playoff, we're going to see mostly Blue Bloods. But we're going to see more of them. You know, SC is a Blue Blood, and they haven't even been in the playoff yet. Um, I would consider, you know, programs like Florida State. Miami as blue bloods. I would consider, you know, Penn state as almost like a fringe blue blood, a uh, very historic program. Uh, they're kind of on the edge, but still a really good program. Never been in the playoff. Um, I think those are the types of programs that we're going to see benefit from a 12 team playoff. Not necessarily. It sounds crazy. Cause TCU just made a 14 playoff. And you know, I think it could benefit a TCU. Definitely could benefit will benefit a TCU, but you know those those really mostly insignificant programs. You know, think of the Rutgers of the world. I don't think it's going to matter for Rutgers. I don't think NIL or twelve team playoff is really going to matter for Rutgers. You know, those teams that are kind of bottom dwellers, Vanderbilt. You know, it's not going to matter for Vanderbilt. You know, the, the, the teams that are just kind of the punching bag for their, for their conference, it's not going to matter, but you know, for a lot of teams in these, in these conferences that are typically in the middle, middle of the pack, but they'll have, you know, a nice run for a couple of years. Um, you know, like Washington state has had a couple of nice, nice teams. Maybe they sneak into the playoff one year, you know, Utah has been right there, um, but they have, you know, one or one or two, losses that kind of disqualify them from the playoff, they're going to get in 
a couple of these years. Um, Oregon has disqualified themselves a couple of times. Um, I don't know, Wisconsin. You know, Wisconsin's been right there. They've had some really good teams, but they just haven't made it because of there's only four. And when there's only four, if you have more than one loss, you're kind of out. So, but I, I think it's it's a 12-team playoff is going to do more than just get more teams in. I think it's going to create more parity in the game. And we need more parity. We need it stat. And we we kind of saw that on Monday night. No one outside of Georgia wanted to watch that game on Monday night. Um sorry, still kind of still kind of wrapping my head around all this, but I, I think in the grand scheme of things, we're gonna see a 12 team playoff create more talent parity. And let me explain. NIL and 12 team playoff, those two combined. Historically, I can only imagine the pitch for Georgia and Alabama sitting in a kid's living room with his parents is look, we've been in the playoff multiple times. We can get back. We have the talent to get back. Come and join us. You know, most most programs in the country can't say what Georgia and Alabama and Clemson and Ohio State have been saying, where we can win titles. We've been there. We've been on that stage. You want to be on the biggest stage in college football? Come to Ohio State. Come to Georgia. Come to Alabama. Come to Clemson. That's the recruiting pitch. It has to be. Why? It'd be stupid to not use that as a head coach when you're sitting with you know a five-star recruit from Florida. You know what I'm saying? But now, you know, Penn State can use that pitch. They can sit in the living room and say, hey, there's a 12-team playoff. We have a great chance of making it every year. Florida State can make that pitch. Miami can make that pitch. Look, we don't even have to win our our conference to get in. That's a solid pitch. So come here, you know, come here to Florida State where you can start right away. You don't have to sit behind Jalen Carter. You don't have to sit behind, you know, CJ Stroud. Come and start right now, day one. That's a real pitch. That's a real pitch. And I think it's going to work. I think, you know, that combined with, we can pay you just as much as Georgia's paying you. We can pay you just as much as Ohio State's paying you. And you can start. And we'll be in the playoff. It has to create parity. If it doesn't, I'll be shocked. But that, that's my theory. And I think, it, I think it's going to hold up. It's got to. We, we need parity. Um, we can't have, you know, two or three programs hogging all the talent. And, and I don't blame players for going to those programs. Because it's a real pitch. And it's a pitch that has held up. You know, I, I I don't know how many total teams have been in the playoff, but total number of appearances is dominated by Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, and Clemson. It's absolutely dominated by those four programs. Um, so yeah, if I'm a five-star recruit and I'm a defensive lineman and I see all these defensive linemen from Georgia and Alabama going to the NFL, uh, yeah. I'm going to go there and they're going to be on the biggest stage where I can show my talent to everyone watching. But now it's not just those programs that are going to be in the playoff. I think it's going to benefit everybody. 
I really do. I really, really do. I think it'll create more parity in this board. It may take a couple of years because it, it takes a couple of years to get that kind of talent. Georgia and Alabama are just, and Ohio State, to be honest, um, they're loaded with talent. If you go to, um, if you go to twenty four seven sports, they have um, they have something that's really cool, and I'm opening it up right now. I forget exactly what it's called. Um, shoot. So if you go to football, uh, let's see NCAA football, and you can see where is it. College team talent. So up at the top of the ribbon, you'll see NCAA football. You you just kind of hover over that. And you'll see college team talent. This is, it, it's it's kind of shocking, to be honest, when you, when you look at it. Um, top four teams, or top five, Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, Texas A&M, Texas A&M, good night. Um, they're losing some of that talent, for sure. Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, Texas A&M, Clemson. Those are the top five in terms of total overall talent in terms of stars on their roster. This is, I think, going to be an important list as we as we try to look at is there parity in the country. Um, for example, Alabama and Georgia each have – or Alabama has 14 five-stars and Georgia has 15 five-stars on their roster. Ohio State has 14 five-stars on their roster. And then Texas A&M has 10. Clemson has 12. And then it drops off significantly from there. So again, remember, Alabama has 14. Georgia has 15. Ohio State has 14. And then the number six, Texas has six. Number seven, Oregon has five. LSU has five. Oklahoma has three. Notre Dame has two. USC has three. So number 10, Notre Dame has two five-star recruits. Number 10. So top 10 in talent in the country has two five-star recruits. Alabama and Georgia have 14 and 15, respectively. That is a crap ton of talent on two teams. That is what's going to, I think, change with a 12-team playoff and with NIL taking effect. I think there's going to be more five-star recruits going to spread out more over the top 10. That's what I think is going to happen. So let's keep an eye on that. Let's keep an eye on this 24-7 sports um, college football team talent composite report is what they call it. This is important. Five stars, four stars matter. They matter. That's why Georgia pushed TCU around. On this list, okay, Georgia's number two. TCU on this list is number 32. One five-star on TCU's roster compared to 14 for Georgia. That's why Georgia dominated TCU. That's why. That and something I'll get to here in just a second. But um, but yeah, this is why TCU finally got exposed. It's just inferior talent. Um, yeah, but it's not like Georgia is the only competitive team in the country. Ohio State almost beat them. Michigan's very good. Penn State is on the rise. USC is on the rise. Washington just turned their program around in a single season. UW is is a is a solid program. When they're rolling, like they get recruits. They get talent. UW is a really good program. Um, they've been down a little bit, but I mean, Chris Peterson got them going. 
and uh, uh, Kalen DeBoer, their new head coach, is doing great. Is doing a great job. Um, so Washington's on the rise. Florida State's on the rise. Clemson has a new quarterback, and they still have Dabo. I know some people are are putting Clemson away. I don't know. As long as Dabo's around, I'm not going to count out Clemson. I think Dabo is awesome. I think he's a fantastic head coach. Miami is amassing a ton of talent. They were horrible this year, but man, they are getting talent. They're getting a lot of talent. Texas is amassing a ton of talent. Wisconsin and Nebraska just made two big-time hires in Luke Fickle and Matt Rule. And, I mean, I haven't even mentioned the South. And, and you know what? Is it really so bad if the South dominates? Let me explain. No one can control the fact that a majority of the elite talent in the country is in the South. If the majority of the elite talent was in the North, the Big Ten would be dominating. Okay? Where is the talent and where do they want to go to school? If most of the talent is in the South, yeah, the SEC is going to get a lot of talent. It's not, it's not, and I'm not, this is nothing against SEC programs, but it's not that SEC programs are just superior in every aspect. It's that that's where a lot of the talent is. It's in the South. It's in Florida. It's in Texas. That's where a lot, a lot, a lot of talent is. Georgia, Atlanta, there's a ton of talent. There's so much talent in the South. A lot of the big hogs that make up Georgia's roster, they're in the South. That's where they get them. Um, To me, it's not so much as the SEC dominating. That doesn't necessarily bother me. As someone who grew up as a Pac-12 fan, yeah, I'd love to see the Pac-12 do better. And they did. They had a great year this year. Um, Not necessarily in terms of the playoff, but they had a great year. A lot of good programs. Um, I just want to see more teams. If it means a few more SEC teams, whatever. Um, You know, LSU is on the rise. Tennessee is really good. South Carolina is getting better. We're seeing a lot of a lot of potential here. And if NIL money can get spread out, there's a lot of schools with a lot of money. I'll tell you that right now. There's a lot of schools with a lot of money. It's not just Georgia. It's not just Alabama. There are a lot of schools that have more money than Alabama. I guarantee you that. Um, yeah, as long as it's not the same team every year, who cares? You know, even if, if the SEC wins the next five national titles, if it's you know, Alabama, Georgia, LSU, Tennessee, South Carolina, whatever. We're getting different teams. It's not just one team dominating. Ideally, would I like to see the Big Ten get one? Yeah. Would I like to see the Pac-12 get one? Yeah. Would I like to see the ACC and the Big 12 get one? Of course. But I just don't want to see one team winning every single time. That's a problem. Um, That's what happened in the NFL for a long time. And people got real tired of the Patriots. Real tired of the Patriots. We've all gotten real tired of Alabama. Um, which, by the way, as long as Nick Saban's there, I just told you the amount of talent that Alabama has. Technically, in terms of five stars, four stars, or in terms of just overall talent, Alabama still has more talent on their roster in 2022 than Georgia. Um, we'll see what they what they do next year without Bryce Young, but. That, that's another conversation. That's that's a conversation for another day. Um, and let me add just a little caveat. Um, there are plenty of teams in the country. Teams, yeah, plenty of teams in the country with talent. I just told you just now that in terms of overall talent, Texas is number six. And Texas is not the sixth best team in the country. Talent is is important. Yes. Texas A&M has the fourth most. Texas A&M was 
disgustingly bad this year. Talent is not everything. Coaching matters. Absolutely. Coaching matters. Um, Yes, Georgia has a ton of talent, but they have the right talent. It's bringing in not just five stars, but bringing in the right five stars. Jalen Carter, I don't know what he was out of high school, um, but he should have been a five-star. He's incredible. He's a monster. And he's, he could go number one overall. We'll see who gets the number one pick. But but Jalen Carter is incredible. Georgia has the right talent. They have talent up front. They have talent on their defensive line, their offensive line. They punch you in the mouth and they do it all night long. It's really hard to stick with Georgia for four quarters. It's really hard to stick with them for two quarters. That's TCU. Um, yeah, I mean, Georgia's success begins and ends with their talent and more specifically their ability to develop talent up front. I've seen, as an SC fan, I've seen them bring in loads of talent to their roster. Go look at recruiting classes. SC has actually brought in some decent talent. They've had, I think 2021 was horrible, but 2022, I mean, with the transfer portal, Lincoln had a had a great class. 2020, they had a really good class. I think 2019, they had a pretty good class. They've had talent come in, but Clay Helton was just, and his staff was just unable to develop it. And that's what Kirby Smart is becoming a master of and what Nick Saban is a master of. Yeah, they bring in talent, but they also develop it. And that's very, very, very important. It's not just, you know, if someone tries to tell you, oh, well, Georgia's good because they have the best recruiting classes. Well, yeah, that's part of it. But there are other programs who have really good recruiting classes and they still aren't very good. Recruiting is part of it. It's a big part of it, but you got to be able to develop. And when you, when you watch Georgia against TCU, Georgia was just simply faster and stronger than TCU. They were bigger. So much open space. It felt like Georgia offensively was playing against air. Stetson on his two touchdown runs, I, he said it himself. He wasn't even touched. I agree. Especially the second one. He just walked in. Offensively for TCU, it felt like they were playing against 13 guys. Minimum. I mean, Georgia, their defensive line was incredible. The game was just way too fast for Duggan and company. Georgia brought pressure all night, even when they were up 50. They were consistently bringing five or six guys, even seven. They were essentially, they were saying, we're going to bring everybody. We're going to play man on man on your receivers. Try and get it to them. And Duncan couldn't. He didn't have time. There wasn't time for receivers to even run their routes. It was crazy. It, it was like I, I brought up David and Goliath in my in my uh, preview. It was as if David went to fight Goliath and didn't have his sling and rocks. I was just like Goliath. I'm gonna fist fight you. Would not have gone over well for David, and it did not go over well for TCU. They came to a fight with Goliath with just their fists. Not something you want to do. A fist fight with Georgia is, unless you're also Goliath, like Ohio State, um, it's just not going to go over well. TCU, incredible year. Hats off to them. Um, a lot of things went their way. 
this year. I'm not trying to take away from their their season, but eventually, we you know all year I was saying they're going to get exposed. They're going to get exposed. Someone's going to expose them. And after they lost to Michigan, or I'm sorry, after they beat Michigan, I was like, are they good? Have I been underrating them all year? Now I'm just like, I think they just caught Michigan off guard. Michigan didn't show up. Or maybe Michigan wasn't as good as we thought they were. One thing is for sure, Georgia is incredible. An incredible program with an incredible coach. They're incredible up front. They're physical. They'll push you around. And they're fast. Their defense. I mean... You can't go you can't go horizontal on Georgia. It's vertical, up and down the field, or they're gonna get you at the line of scrimmage or built behind it. If you try to go side to side, they're faster than you and they're stronger than you. <laughs> they're just really, really good. Um goodness. Um, like I said, the night of the national championship game, I was kind of pissed. I I wanted to see a good game, and boy, I'll admit it, I was incredibly wrong on that game. I looking back, I don't know why I thought I can, I can, I I know why I thought they could compete with, with, with uh, Georgia. It's because they beat Michigan. I mean, Duggan was sacked one time. He had a decent amount of time against Michigan and handed to Georgia. Their game plan. What again was we're going to stack the box. We're going to bring pressure and we don't think you're going to have time to get to your receivers. And they were right. They were absolutely right. They got pressure on Duggan all night long. I thought TCU's offensive line would hold up better because they have they've held up pretty well all year. It's a it was a very experienced offensive line, and Georgia just threw them around like rag dolls. Um. So looking back, I I know what my logic was, but man, Georgia, I mean they when they turn it on. Nobody can beat them. Right now, nobody can beat them. They are the best team in the country. And you know what? It's it's nice. At least we know one thing. The best team in the country just won the national championship. Sometimes you you leave a season and it's like, ugh, I don't think that was the best team. I know they won, but I don't think that was the best team. Um, but that, we we got closure for sure. We know who the best team in the country was, and it was Georgia, and they won. Hats off to them. Stetson Bennett, what a career. I've on this podcast, not recently, but earlier in the season, I hated on that guy time and time again. And in terms of physical qualities, you know, he's not CJ Stroud, he's not Caleb Williams, but the guy grinds, he works hard. I think he's going to find himself on an NFL roster. I really do. He might even get drafted, and I think I'll have to owe Dylan $10 or something like that. If he gets drafted, I owe Dylan something. I think it was 10 bucks. It wasn't very much. But uh, I've turned around on Stetson. I mean, give him a clean give him a clean pocket. He can make all the throws. Um, he's athletic. He's faster than you'd think looking at him. He's He's... Faster than most of the guys on the field. He outran a lot of guys on on Monday night, um, and he's done it repeatedly. Two national titles, one of the most, if not the most compelling story in the history of college football, Stetson Bennett. It was, everyone wrote him off 
time after time after time. He just didn't give a crap. He just kept coming back and playing good football. And he just kept getting better and better and better. That's a good recipe for being successful in the NFL. Look, I don't I don't know if he's going to be a starter. I don't know. Who knows? Who know, like who knows anymore? Um but I think he's going to be on a roster. And you know, I think his he could easily be a backup in the NFL. Easily be a backup in the NFL. I think he's better than a lot of backups already in the NFL. So um Hats off to him. You know, a guy who deserves everything that he's gotten. Yes, he has a ton of talent around him. But there are still a lot of quarterbacks in the country who would have screwed it up. And he didn't. And he made a lot of plays. And they wouldn't have beat Ohio State without him. In that fourth quarter, he made the plays that Georgia needed to win that game. And he made some incredible throws. Some incredible plays. Hats off to him. Um... I was impressed for sure. That's it. That's all the games for 20, the 2022 season. Um, usually I am very sad at the end of a college football season and I am, but the fact that I get to continue doing this podcast and continue talking about college football all year, it's going to, it's going to help heal the wound and the wound never completely heals. And then it magically heals at late August, once the season starts again, then I'm healthy again, (laughs) but, uh, I'm excited for the podcast to keep doing it. Big announcement coming next week. So look out for next, next week, big announcement coming. Um, but one more, uh, let, I'm just going to do a recruiting update real quick. Actually, you know what? I'll save that for next week. You know, we just had a bunch of material for the national title game. Um, I will get into recruiting a lot, obviously in the off season. So I'll just save that for next week. It's not really a rush. You know, it doesn't, doesn't matter if you find out this week or next week, because none of these guys in the transfer portal or signing their, you know, letters of intent are, you know, going to be playing until next year. So um, I'll get into that next, next week. Again, be on the lookout. Um, big announcement next week, but Make sure you subscribe to the podcast, um, add the alert, you know, subscribe to the alerts so that you, you know, every time a, a new podcast is, is, uh, published, share it with your friends, your family, coworkers, anybody who'd be interested in a college football podcast. This is your place. This is, this is a safe place <laughs> for you to learn about college football and keep up with, you know, recruiting spring ball, fall practices. And then obviously the full cycle into the regular season playoffs. We're here for all of it. Um, Yeah. Until next week, I'm out.